Welcome to Gleaning and Gathering. I'm here today again with my co-host, Kalen Heimlich, who found out 30 seconds ago that we are talking about George Mueller and Christian ministry fundraising philosophy today. I'm excited. Kalen, after your extensive research on this topic, (laughs) (laughs) what is your conclusion? (laughs) I'm just kidding. I've been reading this book, um, and it's, it's really been a encouragement to me. Mm. Uh, it's called The Work of Faith Through George Mueller, edited by Abby Morrow. And so it was originally published in 1899 mm. by Martin Wells Knapp um, at the uh, Revivalist there in okay. Cincinnati, Ohio. So as they were getting started, uh, they were publishing books that uh, had been helpful, mm. um, kind of their version of uh, spiritual classics. And okay. so this is a book that had been helpful to others, and so they were they were publishing this. And it was republished in 2005 by Allegheny Publications in Salem, Ohio. And so uh, that's the copy that I'm reading. And just really helpful mm-hmm. in terms of just some, some practical things, how, how Mueller came to become a Christian, and then how God led him into ministry, and then to start the scriptural knowledge institution that he began. Hmm. Uh, He was part of a missions organization, and they basically kind of sat him on the shelf and didn't use him, and Hmm. he was run through the ringer of hurry up and wait. Here's all these things you need to do. And now, yeah, he's just stuck. And, and so he, um, he kindly bowed out of that and then uh, went on to, uh, to preach. God opened up a little place for him to be able to share. He, uh, he preached there. And then later on, he moved to Bristol and mm-hmm. he starts a family and there's a lot of different things that happen. But he says, uh, oh, and he, he began to develop this philosophy along the way that he would not ask anyone mm-hmm. for money that he would not ask anyone for anything. And so he, he began that process actually really before when many people take up his life in ministry with, with orphans. But he, he started actually with his church. Instead of having the church funded through pew rents, um, he put a, a box on the back of the, of the church huh. and said, anyone who would like to give, um, this is where you can give. Interesting. And so we're not going to take up any offering here. We're not going to ask you for money. And this would have been in the Methodist? It's a good question. I don't know exactly. Um, I can't remember what right. his uh, his background would have been, but I think it was. Because, I mean, pew, pew rents is what I was basing that on. Yeah. So his uh, reasoning for that, he started that in 1830. Um, but he said, uh, I have conscious objections to receiving a salary. He said, my reasons are mm. a salary made up by pew rents is not of the mind of the Lord as poor brothers cannot have so good a seat as the rich Mm -hmm. and God loves a cheerful giver. A brother may gladly do something for my support if left to his own time. I have known where it was not convenient to pay money when asked for by the collectors. Pew rents are a snare to the servant of Christ. Mm -hmm. It is a temptation to me for a few moments when the Lord stirred me to search the word with reference to baptism because 30 pounds of my salary were at stake if I should be baptized. And she said, I, I stated to the brethren that I should give up mm-hmm. a regular salary 
a box was put in the chapel over which was written that whatsoever desired to do something toward my support might put his offering in the box. At the same time, it appeared right that I should ask no one, not even my beloved brethren, to help me, as I had a few times as my expenses for traveling in the Lord's service were too great to be met by my income. Unconsciously, I had thus been led to trust in an arm of flesh instead of going to the Lord at once. Mm. So that was really the beginning of this philosophy of I'm going to trust God for everything. Mm -hmm. And so much of his journal is made up of these uh, places where he's asking God for things and then finding God supplying his need. Mm -hmm. He says in the close of 1839, Therefore the Lord has richly supplied all my temporal wants, though at the commencement I had no certain prospect for one single shilling. He later on says in in, um, one entry on 1839, Uh, January 8th, I was so sinful for about five minutes as to think I would be of no use to trust the Lord in this way, that I had gone too far. Hmm. But thanks to the Lord, this trial lasted but a few minutes. He enabled me to again trust him, and Satan was immediately confounded, for a sister brought us two pounds. Again and again, uh, he is uh, telling these sorts of stories. Uh, March 20th. A day of great mercies. In the morning we met round our breakfast, which the Lord had provided for us, though we had not a single penny left. The last half penny was spent for milk. I felt at a trial that I had but little earnestness in asking the Lord. And had this not been the case, perhaps we might have had our wants sooner supplied. So if I had just gotten with the program and prayed... God would have given us something sooner, he says, recognizing that you know he was the one at fault. Exactly. There's just so much here, and there's a lot. Does it explain how he got into Orvin ministry? Yeah, yeah, it does. The seeds of it really started. So in 1834, he has a journal entry, October 28th. We heard of a poor orphan boy who for some time attended one of our schools Mm -hmm. and was brought to real concern about his soul, but was taken to the poor house some miles out of Bristol. He expressed great sorrow that he could no longer attend our school and ministry. May this, if it be the Lord's will, lead me to do something for the temporal wants of poor children. So he started as a teacher, like he, he started that school. Yes. He he has schools that are going several of them. Um, so the object of his institution, he starts a, uh, a new scriptural knowledge institution. Mm-hmm. And he does that uh, February 1834. He says, led this morning to pray about forming a missionary institution for the spread of the mm-hmm. gospel at home and abroad. I trust this is of God. And then he answers the question, why form a new institution? And basically goes on to say the ones that are existing are corrupt are oh. and are not uh, not fulfilling the purpose mm-hmm. that he feels like it needs to be fulfilled. He forms this on new lines and, and basically says, we reject the help of unbelievers in managing or carrying on the institution. We intend never to enlarge the field of labors by contracting debts. He says, uh, but we do not mean to reckon the success of the institution by the amount of money given or the number of Bibles distributed, but by the Lord's blessing upon the work. 
And so the specific work that they were doing to assist day schools in which instruction is given on scriptural principles, that is where the teachers are godly persons, the way of salvation is scripturally pointed out, and no instruction given opposed to the gospel. Mm. So it starts with schools. Mm-hmm. At that time, schooling was very limited, right. uh, especially for the poor. And then also to supply Bibles and Testaments to Sunday schools, where all teachers are believers mm. and the scriptures are foundations of instruction. And of course, Sunday schools at, at that time, time right. fulfilled a special place. They weren't like today, where you know all the children that go to school every day Sunday schools were particularly for children that were working, Mm -hmm. and the only day that they could go and find any instruction at all to lift themselves up socially, economically. Mm -hmm. And specifically instruction in in your basic reading, writing, arithmetic. Right, right. It wasn't necessarily just Bible teaching. No. Uh, But it would include Bible teaching and would have teachers that were Christians. Right. And mm-hmm. so then to circulate the scriptures, and then number four, to aid missionary efforts and assist missionaries whose proceedings seem most according to the scriptures. It's interesting. Uh, so the, the seeds of the, the orphanage are there mm-hmm. in the early part when you've got this boy. He wants to come. He can't come mm-hmm. anymore because he has to go to the poorhouse outside of town. And so now he can no longer attend. Mm-hmm. And George Mueller sees this and he says, wow, we got to do something about that. It's a bit before that happens um, in terms of them actually starting it, but the seeds are there. He has a, a little boy who passes away mm-hmm. uh, the following year. Uh, my little boy is ill. I have no hope of his recovery. Mm-hmm. The little dear one went home. He goes with his family in September to the Isle of Wight, mm-hmm. where he's able to get some fresh air, and God supplied the need for them to be able to go throughout his ministry his wife records later uh, from 1834 to 1887 214,649 pounds are given to the work and the circulation of religious books pamphlets tracts from the commencement of this department up to 1887 is 80 million and a half Hmm. that's incredible and they had schools that served 10,479 persons have been taught in 67 schools. With the philosophy of not asking anyone. So it wasn't just the, the orphanages. That's the most mm-hmm. uh, well-known part of well. the ministry. But also, specifically, the circulation of scriptures. They kept amazing records. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, right. th- there were circulated 219,263 Bibles, 1,002,227 Testaments, 20,600 Psalms, and 210,051 other small portions of Scripture in different languages. Incredible. That is incredible. That's besides all the work that they did uh, with, with orphans that they talk about uh, in the next chapter, which I haven't read yet. But what I wanted to specifically talk about was this idea of Christian ministry philosophy in relation to fundraising. Because this is the space that I've been living in for the last eight years. Well, really mm-hmm. longer than that. Right. And, and it's 20-some years uh, since beginning victory. Mm-hmm. And the, the challenge, I feel like, is that many times people are are often in the place where they're taking their experience and making a philosophy out of it. Hmm. 
And I think that the challenge is a pragmatic one, but also a scriptural one. Okay. And here's what I want to say about that. There is the pragmatic problem of you've got a work that you feel like God is leading you to do. Mm -hmm. Now, how are we going to do it? We got to have money to do it. And so how does one get that money? That's the pragmatic problem. Mm -hmm. And the scriptural problem is God says, I was just reading it this morning in John chapter, I was reading chapters 14 through 16 and ask whatever you will of my father and he will give it to you. Like Jesus giving his disciples these amazing promises Mm -hmm. that are promises to us as his disciples today. Ask and you'll receive. Do we really believe that? Do we really believe that God will provide what is needed? I think that looking at it, George Mueller never asked anyone for anything, but he had an amazing newsletter. Mm -hmm. Right. His philosophy was put a box at the back of the church, give people an opportunity. So there is a box. Right. There's not like no place to give. Right. And it's evident from anyone who has two eyes that George Mueller is doing amazing things with this money. And so if you want to make an impact, give to George Mueller is the word on the street. Yes, God woke people up in the middle of the night to bake bread for his orphan houses. Mm -hmm. But they knew about the orphan houses. But they knew about the orphan houses. Right. So there is a philosophy there. Mm-hmm. And I'm not diminishing. Please don't don't take it wrong. Some people are going to hear this and think, you're saying George Mueller didn't trust God? That, that he was doing this calculatingly? No, I, I'm just saying he had a philosophy. And his philosophy was, yes, trust God. But, but God uses human instrumentality. Mm-hmm. God uses means. And so on the one hand, you have got George Mueller. Trust God for everything. Never talk to anybody about our needs. God will provide. And then you've got D.L. Moody, who asked everybody for everything. Mm -hmm. And God Mm -hmm. blessed him. These are two very different philosophies, and yet used by God Mm -hmm. powerfully in their day to do amazing work. And both trusted God for everything. Absolutely. And so I think that there's a danger in painting ourselves into a corner to like, Okay, if you're really going to trust God, then you're not going to be able putting out your needs on Facebook and and sharing the the opportunity to be able to give to this particular opportunity and and you're not going to be sending out newsletters asking for money because God is just going to provide. Well, great. If that's your philosophy, live with it. Do that. But don't condemn the DL Moody that's out there putting it out there. Right. Um who is seeing God work and is using the means that he has at his disposal mm-hmm. to share the opportunity for George Mueller sharing that opportunity looked like a newsletter. And for DL Moody, it was getting up and using his gifts of oratory and right. communicating what he felt like that God had laid on his heart to do and seeing what people would do with it. And so I think as, as people involved in ministry, you know, we're passionate about something. And obviously, we, we start a work like he did, you know, a scriptural institution, because we see a, a need and a niche that's not, that's not being filled. Here's a problem that needs to be solved. Here's something that needs to be done. Now, how can we do it? And with anything, really, there's three things necessary. 
there's a person, there's the financial resources, and there's a plan. Those three things are needed. I don't care where you're at and on what you're doing. You can need mm-hmm. a person, you need a plan, and and you need that. What's another P word? Uh, you need the the, the pay. Uh, no. There you go. Alliteration. The preacher's bane. Um, you need you need to have those three things if you're going to do anything. And George Mueller had to have that. His philosophy was: we're not we're not borrowing money. We're not going into debt. Mm-hmm. And so we're only going to move forward as God provides the resources to us. That's the ministry philosophy. Now, someone else may have a different philosophy. Mm -hmm. But I guess my question to you is, today, Mm -hmm. which philosophy do you resonate with more and why? So let me reframe maybe the question. I don't know. Sure. Let me throw it back. Let me see if I can summarize the philosophies and see if I'm getting them right, because I'm not sure that I'm fully grasping at this point. Uh, George Mueller is a simply provide the opportunity or like provide a space and a place and then believe that God will bring the right people with a cheerful giving that will provide my needs. So very little direct communication about the actual problem, more communication about just what God is doing in the world through this ministry. Is mm-hmm. that correct? I think and so. And then D.L. Moody would be more directly talking about the problems in in his ministry or like what is needed right now. So I need to get from here to here. Would you pay for my bus ticket? Is that right? Yeah, I think so. So just to bring this into to modern day donor development philosophy. Right. <laughs> I received some great coaching from uh, Zach Clark, leadership and development coaching. Uh, by the way, highly recommend his stuff and go check him out and get him as your coach. I had him for two and a half years, but he talks about these four seasons. And so there's thanking once someone has given reporting. So communicating specifically what is being done as a result of their giving and then asking so if we've reported well, we've thanked well, it sets us up to be able to ask again. People want to give, and so asking provides them an opportunity. And in asking, then we follow up with that ask. So communicating in writing, but then following up personally. Did you receive the communication? Do you have any questions? And then many times that leads to people giving again. And so George Mueller's philosophy would have been much heavier on the thanking and reporting aspect, Mm -hmm. which we know if you thank and report well, people will give again and they will give again consistently. It's always easier to keep a giver than it is to try to get a new giver because someone has given for a reason. They've already invested. Yeah. And they've sat down and they said, you know, what would God have me to give? And, And they've written that out. And there's, there's something that happens there. In that moment where it's like, I can just imagine George Mueller getting my check and how beautiful this is going to be. And so he's going to receive this check and he's going to be so happy about this. This is wonderful. This is beautiful. And then just a few short days later in the mail, he gets a letter from Brother George Mueller. Thank you so much for your gift, brother. It came at such an important time. And this is what happened. And this is the, the wonderful things that God's doing. And so George Mueller thanks well. Mm-hmm. George Mueller reports well. 
And so now you're going to receive George Mueller's newsletter if you haven't already been receiving it and know the good things that God is doing. It's already happened, but it's, it's happening. And as you're seeing that, you're going to want to give to that because there's impact. Mm -hmm. If I had lived in George Mueller's day, I would have given to George Mueller. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. When I see all the good things that he's reporting and things that are happening here, I want a piece of that. I want to be part of that. See, that's the reason people give. People give to make a difference. Right. And so they want to know that they have made a difference. And if you never tell them that they made a difference, it's like you paid for a product and never got it. It's like you put your money in the mail and you never hear from them again. And unfortunately, there are way too many ministries who are sloppy in that effort. Mm -hmm. And so rather than thinking well and thinking profusely and then reporting well and reporting in such a way that you know exactly, you've drawn the, the connection completely between here's your gift, short line, and here's what it did. Here's what you gave. Here's what happened. That line needs to be as short as possible. People need to know clearly what it was that their giving helped make happen. And so when George Mueller does that, wow, amazing. That's great. Now, on the other end of that, on the, on the thanking and reporting side is one side. On the other end of that, the asking and the follow-up, the D.L. Moody style. He asks, and he asks well, and he asks convincingly. Mm -hmm. He makes the connection between what is needed and what they can do very small as well. Yes. And in doing that, he is communicating clearly the need. He's communicating what the impact will be, future tense. Mm -hmm. And then as people are giving to that, I'm sure D.L. Moody had a, a mechanism in place to thank and, and to report well as well. But, but he's communicating that. And so both are using human instrumentality mm -hmm. to facilitate this process by which people can be part of the work that God is doing in the world. And for me, I had to get beyond myself in that. Mm -hmm. I had to reach a point where the work that I am a part of, that I am doing, is more important than what I am afraid people are going to think of me. Mm -hmm. It has to be more important than that. Right. One of the, the key phrases when George Mueller was asked towards the end of his life, he said, what was the secret of George Mueller's successful ministry? He said, there was a day when I died, utterly died, died to George Mueller, his opinions, preferences, mm -hmm. tastes, and will, died to the world, its approval and censure, died to the blame and approval of brothers and friends, and since then, I have studied only to show myself approved unto God. Like That's the reason. Mm -hmm. George Mueller died to himself and was willing to be a fool for Jesus. And for people to say all kinds of mean things about him if they wanted to, mm -hmm. because the work that God had given him to do and who he was in Christ was more important than all that. Mm -hmm. And I think really at the heart of it, we have to get to that place. If we're really going to be able to see God use us, whatever our philosophy of fundraising is, mm -hmm. the work has to be more important right. than our personal reputation. And we're, we're willing to put it out there. And then give people an opportunity to be part of it. And that's really what giving is. It's giving them a piece 
in what God is doing through the work that you are doing and, and through that human instrumentality. This is what we're working on here. Do you want to be part of that? And as they do give and you communicate the impact that they're giving is making, they are a part of that. Mm-hmm. Right. You cannot do what you do unless they do what they do. Absolutely. And so I think that in Christian ministry, there's a, there's a multiplicity of different approaches mm-hmm. right. to fundraising. We've all gotten the newsletter that's got 50,000 things that need to be done. And if you don't give right now, nothing's going to happen. Oh, you know, we're going to close the doors. You know, those, those letters of desperation. Mm-hmm. No one wants to join a sinking ship. And so you may feel like the ship is sinking. There have been plenty of times along my ministry path that I felt like this ship was sinking. But what I have found is that when we communicate vision, we communicate impact. Here's what God is doing. Praise God. We communicate gratefulness. The return on investment for that is far greater than, please help us. (laughs) Right. I want to emphasize it is the focusing on God's work. Yes. Done God's way. That that always that he he is faithful to supply. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me just talk and I'll I'll get to where you can get a sound bite. The thing that I'm not stressed about. What's the word that I'm looking for? Asking and reporting is really really important. But if something is um how do I say this? Like not right in the institution or it's important that you I think thankfulness is always important. Mm-hmm. And being willing to, even if you feel like you are in over your head and there's so much to be done and so little to do it with, being intentional about seeing what God is doing and how other people can be involved in it is is the attitude, is the the position of your heart that you need to, that we all need to cultivate in our lives. Absolutely. And it's not just about like painting it in the best painting the best portrait, but about genuinely like every day being willing to look at the life God has given you from the perspective of what is the impact he is having in this. Absolutely. And that I think sometimes I can see the, like when I, the spin machine, right. (laughs) And I, that is what I, that's the reason why I would lean to, um, (laughs) even away from George Mueller's side of like, it's scary to put something, to put out your, what you're doing for God or what God is asking you to do because sometimes you're, because you're not always sure. Right. Does that make sense? Oh, like, absolutely. You're, I've been there a, a thousand times. <laughs> like it's an act of faith <laughs> yeah. to do, to get up every morning and to do what you believe God has called you to do. And then to display that act of faith to others and say, look at what God is doing. You got to have a lot, like you have to die. You mm-hmm. have to die in order to get to that point. Not only do you have to be brutally honest with yourself mm-hmm. and be like, I can't just pretend, <laughs> mm-hmm. but you have to be willing to like thank God for the things that are happening that don't look real yeah, impactful. I don't mm-hmm. know if that makes any sense. Uh, yeah, I do understand. And I think that learning to see those silver linings in the clouds but not denying the clouds 
And if you read through George Mueller's journal, you see plenty of that. Mm-hmm. Like it's the behind the scenes portrait mm-hmm. of, um, you know, I'm, I'm desperately in need here, but God would have supplied my needs a whole lot sooner if I'd just been desperate right. with him in prayer, uh, first of all. And, and I think that's the thing that I see is that so many times we have not because we ask not. Mm-hmm. And not ask not of other people, but we ask not of God. Okay. Yeah. So do we really trust that God will move upon the hearts of his people to supply the need that he knows we have? Mm-hmm. Or are we trusting in the ability of our newsletter right. to spin a good story mm-hmm. and get people to buy into what we're doing? And I think there's a danger there. And uh, I think that there's also an opportunity because anybody can pray. Mm. We can really go to God and say, Lord, give us this day our daily bread. Lord, you know what we need today. And sometimes, as the hymn once says, God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. Mm. Uh, I think that's in the praise and worship somewhere. I think that the opportunity in God saying no to certain things, I look back and I thank God that he didn't give me the money for some of those projects that I was dreaming up because they didn't need to happen and only would have created more angst in my life mm-hmm. if they had. And so God withholding mm-hmm. those resources kept me from jumping off yet another cliff and finding myself flailing in the air, you know? Mm-hmm. I, and the fact that you realize that that was God's decision allows you to not be bitter at people that didn't see your vision. Yeah. <laughs> Praise God for those people. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I think that that's some self-awareness that I've got looking back over mm-hmm. that. At the time, it was just like, Lord, here's the plan. Why aren't you endorsing it? <laughs> right. Doesn't so, so I think honestly evaluating, you know, God's, Work done God's way will never lack God's supply. Examining the pieces of that equation. Mm-hmm. Right. Is this... Is this God's is, work? Is it done God's is it, way? Right. Because if it is, God's going to take care of his yeah. work. There's a... The other side of the... So you've got the D.L. Moody and you've got the George Mueller. But the lazy pastor is the other one that I think every... Oh, dear. I think you're... The lazy pastor fundraising <sighs> philosophy. It, it's so... Like, nobody wants to be on that ship, but that's so tempting. Like, I'm doing God's work, and I deserve... Yeah, the entitlement boat. Right. And that's, I think, if you really want just to support... Not just to support, but if you really want to see you the ministry that God has given you mm-hmm. thrive and succeed, you want to be as far away from that as you possibly can be. Mm-hmm. Like... That is not the image you want to be portraying. Mm-hmm. And so I think oftentimes that's the, like, we don't want to be that. Mm-hmm. So we can't ask at all. Mm-hmm. At the same time, you have to examine well and be like, am, am I being a good steward of the resources that God has given me and given this, this community and this church? For like, sure. Am I being intentional about f- seeking God's will for this place? Yes. If your church has the ability to to like if god wants to use your church for something and you through your fear of of asking or taking that step are like we just don't have the money right barring that from like god has given you the responsibility to lead 
Finish the thought. Further up and further in, mm-hmm. I think, is a really good philosophy. And then recognizing that God's work done God's way. Like, you have to find God's work. And I don't mean... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm trying... So there's so many thoughts going through my head. <laughs> it's okay. Just say one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to get back to where we were. Uh, it doesn't matter. God's work done God's way will not lack God's supply. And I think that's the bottom line, is that we have to know that this is work God is calling us to. And then be willing to invest ourselves in it and call other people yes. to invest with us. Yes. And I think that's what fundraising is all about, really. It's calling people to come along with us on a journey. Here's the journey we're on. Do you want to join the parade? I always love the children's museum. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, it's brilliant how they get people out of the Mm -hmm. building. You know, here's the end of the day. You got all these kids spread out through five levels of fun. And how in the world are you going to get all of them out, you know, without them crying and screaming and throwing fits on Mm -hmm. the floor? And so what do they do? They they have a parade, you know, and and so they they make a big deal of it. They pass out flags and everything and they have a dinosaur leading the the whole shebang and you know, come join the parade. Come join the prayer. They they chant this all the way down the levels, and that's really kind of what you're doing with fundraising. You know, you're just. I genuinely never thought about the fact that they're trying to get everybody out of the. Bed. Oh yeah, that's completely <laughs> why. Yeah. So how do you do that? I was like, that's obviously the way you would end the day at the children's museum. Of course, <laughs> of course, and and I think it's there's some psychology there. Mm-hmm, right. There's somebody who went to school and thought about that a long time. Like, how do we get children out of the building? Um, a parade. That's how we do it. And I think, how do we get people to give to this? Like, they've got stuff. And it's not that, like, okay, X organization over here that's working with orphans is our competition. Right. No. no. <laughs> our competition is Walmart and McDonald's. And Burger King and all the other things that people want to spend right. their money on. Like, it's not some other ministry. If they give to some other ministry, praise God for that. Right. But the question is, are they going to take all their money and just spend it on them and their wants and their stuff and their things and the bigger bass boat and a bigger house and a bigger house in the lake and a bigger this and a bigger that? And there's no end to that. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter how much money you make. It has no effect. There is a longer list. Right. Of things that you need as you climb the social ladder. Right. And so... There's uh, always someone above you. Always something there. And and so giving really is one of those ways in which God calls us to sacrifice Mm -hmm. the Isaac on the altar. Are you willing to give this back to me? Mm. I gave it to you to begin with. You don't have anything unless I gave it to you. But you are a steward of this, not an owner are you willing to give me? And so God loves a cheerful giver. And Paul talks in the in, to the Corinthians about, you know, are, are you going to sow sparingly? Mm-hmm. Are you going to just put out, you know, two little seeds here, there, and the other place and see how well it grows? Are you going to sow bountifully? Mm-hmm. Because sowing and reaping are connected. And people who think bountifully, who have an abundance mm-hmm. mindset, right. I've watched it. 
God can trust them with all kinds of resources Mm -hmm. and it flows through their hands to bless a world. But the other people are thinking, you know, if I give this hundred dollars away, I'm not going to have it anymore. You are absolutely right. It's not yours anymore. It'll, it'll go out there and do whatever it's going to do. But you know what? As long as you keep your hand closed, as long as you keep your hand closed with that hundred dollars inside, God can't put anything more into it. A powerful illustration that I saw Dave Ramsey give a few years ago, you know, with an open hand, money can come in and money can go out. But when you close your hand, only what you have inside is what you have. That's it. And so if we have that mentality of a steward, Mm -hmm. then what does God want done with his money? What does God want Mm -hmm. done? And that's the philosophy really that as we're trying to bring people along with us on this journey, look at what we can do together. Look at the beautiful things that can be done with mm-hmm. these resources. Are you willing to invest mm-hmm. where most, moths yeah, don't corrupt <laughs> <laughs> and thieves don't break through and steal? Are you just going right. to invest in a, a bass boat that'll be a pile of rusted metal and junk 20 years from now? And it'll be in some mm-hmm. scrapyard. Like, that's the question. Are you going to invest in things that will last or in things that are just going to pass away? And we're giving people an opportunity to participate in work that is going to matter forever. Mm-hmm. Wow. What a. I want to give to something. So, thanks for taking time today. I know you've got lots of homework to do, and uh, we want to get to that. But, any closing thoughts or words? Thank you for showing me what this looks like in reality and in day-to-day life that you can genuinely with a heart of gratitude ask say there is there is this opportunity and bring people along for that ride and then it can be genuine on both sides i think oftentimes people don't give because they're scared mm-hmm. um, you you don't give to the person on the side of the road because you're pretty sure they're going to use it for something bad mm-hmm. there's fear involved in in letting that money go mm-hmm. and there's fear involved in accepting it. Like when... Mm-hmm. Are there strings they, attached to this? Right, right. Or when when the lady that is is literally giving you like... Mm. Yeah. Here's $25 from a fixed income. Right. She has nothing else. Yeah. The amount of weight that carries with it... Absolutely. Is supposed to be a lot. You need to feel that weight. Because people are sacrificing. Yeah. When you've received the widow's mite and, and you go out and, and use it to buy a bigger Lexus, uh, there's something terribly right. wrong with that picture. Absolutely. And, and I think, you know, Terry Mundy in his book, It's Not About the Money. And by the way, if you want to learn more about this topic, that's a great place to start. Go buy It's Not About the Money. Uh, it's a book. Uh, it's also philosophy. Mm-hmm. But he talks in there about how 90% of people have a negative perception of nonprofits Mm -hmm. and churches in particular. They believe they waste money. And so the the game changer is relationship. Mm -hmm. When we have a real relationship with people and we're able to steward that relationship well, they know, okay, I don't know if this organization is going to waste money, but I know Daniel Melton. And Daniel's going to do a good job with this. He's hardworking. He's mm-hmm. down to the brass tacks. He's going to make every dollar squeal. And we're going to get the best bang for our buck. 
with Daniel Melton. And by the way, if you're looking for a good place to give, give to the uh, Honduras project there with uh, Daniel Melton. Highly believe in the work he's doing there. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love, love, love it. And I'm not connected to EFM anymore. And I can say that with complete abandon and freedom. Uh, I said it when I was with him too. But I, I love what he's doing there. I love the work that's happening. Mm-hmm. And I love the heart that he's doing with it. And because I have a relationship right, with, with Daniel him. Melton as a person, you know, there there may be uh, you know other challenges with aspects of organizations, but I know him, and I know what he does, mm-hmm. and I know the kind of work that he does. And so, yeah, there's there's relationship involved mm-hmm. in giving, and I think when we when we understand that and we value that. And we treasure that; mm-hmm. it becomes part and parcel of it. I'm not just trying to f- find a way of extracting more money from people. Mm-hmm. I want to build a relationship and steward that relationship in such a well that they come with me on this journey, mm-hmm. and that together we get to say, "Look at what God did." Mm-hmm. And so I have a part in that. I have a part of doing the work that I said I was going to do with the resources that they provided to do it. That's my part Mm -hmm. of the equation. But as they've given, that's the least I can do. Not only say thank you, but then show them how we actually did what we said we were going to do. Mm -hmm. It's amazing how many organizations don't do that. It is amazing to me. It is absolutely ludicrous to me that one would take resources and then not do what you say you're going to do. And then not only that, but not tell anybody mm-hmm. what you actually did. What is that? I Anyway. I think it, this philosophy does come down to very simple things that happen in day-to-day life. So saying thank you. Yeah. It's a habit. And doing it well is a better habit. One of the other things that you've said that money isn't raised... That's yeah, given. That's exactly right. A, a recognition Donors, of the human that's behind that dollar. Donor centric language, I think, is huge. You know, organizations have put on their fundraising letters, you know, we have raised such and such. You didn't raise anything. People gave that money. Yeah. <laughs> and so trying to make yourself the hero in the story is not is not gonna get you anywhere. You're not the hero, you're the yeah, guide. Right. The person who gave that money is the hero because nothing gets done if they don't give it. Nothing, nothing gets done. I've never gotten a check from God. Mm-hmm. I've gotten a lot of money that I know God sent in, but I've never gotten a check from God. Mm-hmm. Every check has had a person's name on mm-hmm. it. It's someone who has given and they've given of their resources mm-hmm. that's come from the work that they've done and they've given it. Hopefully, because this is something God has touched their heart to do. But as they've given, it has been them that's given it. I didn't raise it. (laughs) Something so basic is that. Right. Right. But understanding that there are people behind that who work real jobs and who get up at 530 in the morning to go to that job and then valuing the work that they do Mm -hmm. and the the labor with which they do it. And the sacrifice that they have made in such a way that that we steward that well mm-hmm. and that we recognize this is a sacred trust mm-hmm. that we have here. 
to make sure that every dollar is used well and that it's used wisely. And so thinking through as we're making financial decisions, you know, that 65 year old lady who's a widow now on a fixed income who just gave that $12 to our work. Is this thing we're about to do here Mm -hmm. worthy of that? That's, that's the gut check that I think every ministry needs to have because there's a whole lot of things that we're like, well, we could spend money on this and we could spend money on that. Just a second. Hold You're up. You're not spending your money. This is not us. These are sacred funds here. And so how does God want it spent? Mm-hmm. What does he want it to do with it? And then trusting that if it is him that's leading us to do whatever it is, that he will provide the need. Right. Great stuff. Has been. Thanks for your time for gleaning and gathering. God bless.